Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. It is Prophet Ashley kicking off another episode of the Paula Price Show. I tell you what, it be a wonderful, amazing broadcast today. We have some hot topics on the schedule for you, which I can't wait to jump into. Um, some kingdom issues. Now, when we say kingdom, we're not just talking about church. So I will start this off by saying, Today's show is rated M for mature. We are going to be dealing with some maturity issues and and issues that are for the mature, age-wise mature, more than anything else. Um, I tell you what, we have been in such a place here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with what God is doing, transitioning us, growing us, catapulting our apostle into the kingdom. And I know all of you have been a part of that, and I just want to thank you personally for your support tuning in, spreading the word. So for this show today, make sure that you share with your friends and tell your friends something is about to go down again with Dr. Paula Bryce, as only it can in the world of Dr. Paula Bryce. Now, last week, um, we just had some amazing discussion talking about Job and how he knew there was an afterlife and and new things are rough and unsubdued. Dealing with the new things in your life, this is such a season of transition in the body of Christ, which means that a lot of saints are transitioning from one place to another. Uh, Some people, it's very literal, like in Tulsa, you're literally moving from one location to another location in the country or the world. And then others are transitioning ministerially in your Christian walk, in your maturity with what God is doing with you. And that takes a a lot of people to make change. I was recently discussing with one of my students how it is impossible to renovate without causing some destruction. If you want to expand walls, paint, make something pretty, put on a new roof. We had a neighbor recently who had their whole roof replaced, and I'll tell you what, it was a loud, messy mess. Can we call it a messy mess? It was a messy mess, but it ended up being beautiful, but it couldn't be done without a lot of labor, a lot of money, a lot of cost, a lot of destruction, the big, ugly uh, dumpsters having to be moved in, all for the sake of having a better, not just aesthetic product, but quality of product. And as God is transitioning, and as she said, new things are rough and unsubdued. Sometimes you have to ride out the roughness and tame the territory. You know, when when, uh, the settlers moved out west, 
then over into the state. Well, not then. It wasn't the United States. It's the United States now. But the New World, when that happened, it was a lot of unsubdued things and territories and animals. I mean, if you've ever lived, even if you've ever lived in the country, you know that we are invading on them. Because they're still going to run right through your property anytime they feel like it. And so being in this transition with God uh, has initially for us, especially in apostleship, was very unsettling. Yeah, we're still just settling. And now you're the settler. Settler. We're the settler. We're the settler. <laughs> Whew, what a blessing today, huh? Yes. Well, we have a very, very, I want to say, uh, we're going to let our, our Periscope people come on board because I know that they're wondering what, what is going on. I want to greet you. Thank you for joining me today for the Paula Price Show. While they're coming on, I am working on putting together a pilot because of the need to go get to our message out to a wider audience. So I'm working on it. Our new show will be called uh, Taking It On with Paula Price. Now, that's still going to be Thursdays as far as the audio goes, but I am also getting ready to start shooting for a video, television show. And so in order to do that, of course, you know, we have finally moved into our building. Yay! We moved in. I'm excited. Last night we had our personal consecratory prayer, praise and worship, thanking God for being wonderful to us and you know, keeping us a body and keeping us a people through it all. And so we did that. So now what I am working on doing is, uh, of course, you know, I'm working on a lot of things, but what I'm doing now is getting us ready to broadcast. So we're putting shows together. Now, most of them, you know, they're going to, obviously, you start at home. And then you start at what's available. And on we go. So we've been trying to, you know, pulling together camera equipment and, and, you know, technology to make it happen. But we need that. You know, one of the things that people forget about apostles and prophets is that they're God's media. They're God's media. They're his broadcasters. They're his publishers. If you look in the word, that's what they are. And so I want to talk about that a little later on uh, tonight about God's publishers media and broadcasters. You know, I still actually am thrilled about Apostle Nation's teaching about the media. I mean, it is powerful, powerful, powerful teaching. Now, I don't get impressed easily because I've heard a lot, been through a lot, lived a lot, and the older you get, the harder it is for you to be impressed. And some of you all know that when you watch those talent shows on television. You know, those people have seen it all, done it all, lived it all, won it all. And so they're sitting there looking for the things they haven't seen or the things that they haven't observed being done in a particular way. So, you know, sometimes it's new, sometimes it's fresh, and fresh isn't always new, and new isn't always fresh. So we need to, um, you know, think about that. But as we go forward, when he talked about it, it revolutionized everybody in the room. It was a very electrifying teaching, and I, I pray that he gets an opportunity to teach it all over because he's an extraordinary teacher, but he's also for this generation. And so that was almost like, you know, an encouragement, really, kind of. Um, and so what I want to say, too, is that I am looking forward to doing it. My new uh, show, the, the one that we're doing for 
our talk show, if you will, is taking it on with Paula Price because Christians don't take it on. And when we do, we take it on in boxing with each other, and we have all of this friendly fire and sword fighting and whatever, and we don't really help the people of God or those that are trying to find God. You know, not everybody wants to be saved, but here's a, here's a newsflash. Not everybody wants to be lost. Everybody may not want, may not appear to want Jesus Christ, but people don't want to go to hell. That's why we have so many hell allegories, metaphors, etc. And so we're built to want our creator. We're built to want to move into our creator's world. We're built to want to transform into our creator's image and likeness. That is in uh, the human species. And it's in the human soul to remind us that when we leave this body, we need to have a reservation somewhere. And we need to have a place for transplanting somewhere. And so I'm excited about what we're doing, you know. So we're doing that. Of course, you know, we're starting our our school, uh, university, in the third week of September. If you've not um, applied, you need to apply. And after tonight's broadcast, I think I'm going to give you very good reason to apply. I think you're going to appreciate tonight's broadcast on why you need education and not just inspiration to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have a lot of inspired representation, but we have very little educated representation. Because in our heart of hearts, we don't believe God is will, real. Because if we believed he was real, we would know he deserves better than what we've been given him. See, we are, we're still worshiping a faith, a religion, a building, a belief system. We're still worshiping some sort of system. And God is not, he's more than a system. God's systemic to all creation. And you need to know what that looks like and feels like. So you're going to want to check in tonight. If you are a prophet, make sure you have all your prophetic people on. If you are a trainer, especially if you are a trainer, Make sure they tune in tonight, 8 o'clock, Prophetic Ed. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling you now, you want to catch it. It's going to be energizing. It's going to be fun. Believe it or not, we can have fun in God. You know, we can deal with truth and have fun. But it's going to be energizing, fun, and enlightenment. And I think it's going to be a broadcast that you'll want to walk away yourself, training your people from it. However... Prophet Ashley and I have had a shocker, so let me say right now, if your children are around or if you have very sensitive, you know, um, very sensitive emotions regarding what you think Christians' genre should be and Christians' subjects should be, I ask you right now, turn us off. You are not going to be comfortable with what we're talking about today, but it has to be said. And we, and we have to learn that I don't care how churchified we made the Bible, God dealt with hard-hitting issues. He was blunt. He's very frontal. He's very, he's very candid about the world he made, the creatures that have come up from it. And so I want to give you a, a little bit. Tell your friends, if you are sensitive, if you feel like we just need to talk about churchy issues, pulpit issues, worship service issues, then you need to, right now, leave the scope. I don't want you writing me later talking about, well, I just don't think that's God. I'm telling you right now, it is God. It is God fighting for what he gave life to, and it is God fighting for his next generation. So if you are sensitive about that, leave the scope. What did I say? 
I'm going to tell you right now. What did I say? Now, but if you want to be armed as well as equipped, because we've done a lot of equipping of the saints, we didn't arm them from anything, which is why so many things are getting past our education, our training, our discipleship, because we have not given you armaments for dealing with the truth. So I have talked with Prophet Ashley. We've discussed this a couple of days, and I feel very impressed of God to talk about it today on the Paula Price Show. And so... Having said that, so are our numbers dropping? Yes, it's on because of the streaming. Hold on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Right now. Yes, yes. Right now, God, I command the spirit of malfunction to loose this broadcast today. I cast you out, Satan. Let it go. Let it go and get out of the way. Stand down because we're going to do this in Jesus' name. Now, it, it will run. Hallelujah. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're rebooting, and so same thing with you, Block Talk. If you've got it on in the house with the children and you are working or cleaning or something while you are listening, and I'm glad this is being recorded so that you will know even listening to it later on if this is, this is not suitable for young children. Now, it's about your teens, so you might want your teens to listen. Because I'm telling you, because, hey, you know, your team's probably been having this and, and hearing this. And so it's about your team. And so I would suggest that if you have a problem with your teens hearing this kind of very explicit information and being a part of this explicit discussion, then I strongly urge you to have them leave the scope, put them out of the room and Tell them to go do homework, go to the store, send them to go buy something, whatever you choose to do. How are we doing? All right, we're back. A stronger side. Okay, so Prophet Ashley and I are, and, and, but if you have teens, and if you have, you know, if you're a mom and a dad, you're, if you're over children, you want to watch this and you want them on, may I suggest that you Tag your friends right now and say, Dr. Price is going all the way in, all the way deep, on all the way ugly. You know, you can just do it. Hashtag all the way in, all the way deep, all the way ugly. Because that's where we're going today. We're going to go where they like to call the belly of the beast. I want to talk about the intestines of the beast, or in this conversation, the anus of the beast. Because that's where we're going today. So you need to tag folks because we're going there. So, Prophet Ashley, you brought this to me, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce it, and we'll start talking about it from there. How about that? Okay. I was uh, online and, and saw um, something, you know, came through somewhere at this point. These come from so many places. But it was in response to Teen Vogue magazine publishing an article on July 7th uh, called Anal Sex, What You Need to Know, How to Do It the Right Way. So this is for King. Yes. So this magazine yes. devoted an entire edition to teaching teens how to have anal sex. Definitely this article. Definitely the article. Okay. Yes. But, but didn't you tell me there were other new pieces in the article as well? Well, uh, they had referenced some other things, but I didn't know what those were. Okay. Let's just stay here. So now you understand why I said if you are super sensitive 
you know, and if you like that Christian bliss, this is not going to help you. You're going to be irritated because we dare bring something like this out in the name of the Lord. But let's go on. It is written by Gigi Engel, who is a sex ed expert. Sex ed expert. I love this. This is good. And uh, I had my dramatic voice earlier. Okay, so you know, many of you don't realize that Prophet Ashley has a degree in drama, television, film performance. Drama, television, and film. Say it again. Drama, television, and film performance. Performance from All Roberts University. So we we kind of capped her, her her artistic wings every now and then, but then we have moments that we let her out. So I want you to tune in with us and lean in with her as she reads some excerpts from this article. In the voice that is most seductive, I call it the serpentine voice. Yes. Come on, do it. Okay. First, I want to say that at the top of the article is a the medical diagram mm-hmm. of the male and female sex organ reproductive system. Can we put this up online for them later? Uh, yeah, we can put the link up. Oh, good. Or they can actually just go to Team Vogue. Yeah, go to Team, Team Vogue. Yeah. So if you want to go to teamvogue.com to get your copy, if you especially want to deal with it with your children. That being said, 
that big, again, think, this second is thing is an article of controversy because, a uh, contradiction, I should say, because we know it doesn't make sense. That being said, like all sex acts, is not enjoyed by everyone, and that's totally okay. Okay, because she's giving us permission. You should do what you feel comfortable with and what feels pleasurable for you. There is no wrong way to experience sexuality, and no way is better than any other. Oh, how you doing out there, Periscope? Are you okay? Getting all right. We talked about it. Okay. So then um, she goes on to say the appeal of anal sex when you have a prostate. Oh, yeah. And says why anal sex feels good to men. Okay. And she says, because we, we've stopped using male-female, like we're not talking mm-hmm. about this men-woman-male-female, since we are, the whole campaign is to negate that kind of identity. So we're only talking in body parts, mm-hmm. not gender identification. No, more. no gender identification. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for those of you with prostate, being on the receiving end of anal sex can be a great experience. Mm-hmm. First of all, what is a prostate? Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to have a little science. A little science, a little anatomy there. All right, and she, do you want me to go through the explanation? Okay. Uh, they can read it. I'm going to explain what the prostate is and why putting pressure on that area feels good. Okay. To so, a person for your teenagers, I want you to remember this is for your teens. Teens and preteens. Preteens, teens, tweens, and preens. And the quote that is listed is it is often described as a feeling of fullness, mm-hmm. which can be delightful. Well, it would be. Your colon is impacted. It's like but constipation. It's not, but it's not. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, we want to stay there. You know, there's this commercial that I just saw for HPV mm-hmm. vaccine. Oh, I know. Don't they make it sound so sweet? The newest one, uh, yeah. the, the adults who and have the it, and they revert back to when the kids were 11, talking yeah. about mom was just giving me this advice. Oh, I saw that. Acting like this is some disease that just falls out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And if you had gotten me my immune shot. I would have been fine. And they never tell you how they got it because they're treating it as a childhood disease. They're, you know, the devil is always cunning. And it's a shame that his cunning is not, we don't measure up to it. That's why Jesus said we must be wise as serpents. Right. Uh, see, now you understand why we need to be wise as serpents. But we need to outthink the serpent. Okay. The next portion she addresses how you need to talk to your sex partner oh. first. Interview and discussion. Yes. Okay. Because you just can't put that on somebody mm-hmm. unless they're ready. It's oh. embarrassing. You might feel a little uneasy, but you need to have that conversation. So that's that part. Of it. And then she goes into technically show you how to have safe. And air quote, anal sex. How to start opening up. And she walks through the technique. She walks through the technique, the lubricants you you, uh, need to use, how you need to start small and go big because that area is tight for a reason. How if you use something to put up there that is not a human being, you need to have an end on it because it will be pulled up into your body, which is why so many people have to go to the ER with foreign objects. Mm Mm-hmm. So she goes through all of that and uh, says the importance of lubrication is important. And then my favorite part of this article. Okay, guys, this is it. Put your coffee down because you might want to puke. Okay. She says, now, in the beginning, it's not gross. In the beginning. It's not weird. And it's, it's not, not gross. gross. Okay. And so in the 
there might be some food. Okay. Okay. Um, forgive me, she says, for waiting until the very end of this piece to give to give this burning question, but I want you to know the benefits and positives when it comes to anal because there are many. Hold on, I think I have the page here. Okay, she says, I want to personally assure you that there, there, that you will not poop on anyone during anal sex. Sure, there are horror stories, but aren't there always? <laughs> like, this is not and then she says, that being said, yes, you will come in contact with, with some fecal matter, all right? You are entering a butthole, and there, where there, uh, it is where poop comes out. Expecting to do anal play and see zero poop isn't particularly realistic. It's not, in caps, not a big deal. Everyone poops. Everyone has a butt. Anal sex and anal stimulation can be awesome. And if you want to give it a go, you just do that. More power to you. Uh, okay, so Periscope, are you all right? I know most of you all aren't surprised, but we want to bring it out for the people of God because, see, you're not going to have this conversation in your church but you need to have it with God's people. And so, because God's people are not in church all week long. They go to church one, two, three times a week top, and they're especially devoted, or they're ministers on the staff. So are we following this? Now, let's look at this, because I know, you know, we, we, right now we have this great big thing about <coughs> Old Testament, New Testament, and all of that. But I want to start this with a uh, an old uh, an old story. You know, when I was um, coming up, you know, and we've all heard it, we all have heard the story of the, the, the person who brought home the kitten that ended up being a lion or a tiger, okay? We all heard the story of the little worm or the little um, snake that ends up being, you know, an 800-pound boa or something. We all know stories like that. But there's also the story of the little kitten that's outside the door, literally crying for milk, just meowing for milk. And you open the door, you feed it, and find out it was the kitten was a ploy because the kitten had something else with it. That's what happened to us with sex. This woman's language and tone sounds like she's been teaching sex ed for a long time. And so she's been teaching it, obviously, in our school system, whether it's elementary or high school or post-secondary high school. But she has the tone that she hasn't just done this in her own private clinic, but that she's educated. That's why she's coming after kids, because she's probably already been teaching kids sex education. So what is the connection between the kitten with the milk and this? Way back, I want to say, I don't know, maybe the 70s, we had a real dirty little woman called Dr. Ruth. She's a dirty little lady, but she was a dirty advocate of indiscriminate sex and promiscuity. And she came up using her doctorate degree and using her doctorate credentials. She came up with all of the 
reasons why you need to have sex everywhere. She's the one that really catapulted the book, the Kama Sutra, and all of those other things. Dirty little lady. I looked at her and said, but you, I was, I was out there being, you know, loose because I wasn't saved, and she still was dirty to me. But she's a dirty little lady because her whole premise was that every moment of every day should be about sex. Now, that was going back 30, 40 years ago, maybe longer. Here we are today where every moment, every thought, etc., is about sex. Funny thing about sex, sex is a pleasure pinnacle that never has a limit, and it never has a limit because its pleasure is so short-lived, you have to keep repeating it, and after you've repeated anything long enough, it gets old, you've got to go into perversion. Because it's compulsive, the, the pleasure is tied to the reproductive compulsion. But we're not trying to reproduce, because so Satan can't. So he's got to have you chasing and pursuing sex for other reasons. His reasons. And his reasons are passing on that whole population of spirits that left God's world with him when God kicked him out. Neither was that place found in heaven anymore. So he is obsessed with that. He, because he, he, watching God create all those animals, he began to realize the reproductive process. And he began to realize, come on, that he could, he could literally use God's template, which was obviously evident in the animals that he was embodying, and he could use that through man and reproduce himself. Because he, God gave him no reproduction, reproductive equipment because he didn't need them. Because they didn't need, God's not having reproduction in them. Certainly not of his species. And so, here we go. So he does that, and he talks Adam into letting him step in. We talked about this when I was on with my uh, daughter on the Wednesday Warrior Nation, and we talked about, but I don't care how much they tell you that it's not so, some biological material is needed to reproduce anything in using the material of the physical world. You need some biological material. So he needs to reproduce himself. He needs to multiply himself, and he needs to take and make sure that he has a perpetuity of existence in this planet. So what does he do? He talks Adam into letting him enter him, and once he does, once the devil steps in him, he now has an entire lab, a physiological lab to reproduce himself. So he gets to reproduce himself in flesh again and again and again. Well, you don't realize that that's the case until you read John coming on down the line when you start reading John and you read that John, John first John says that Cain was of the wicked one. Hence, Cain becomes Satan's firstborn son. And what does his firstborn son do? He, do, he does what, the, what his father did, what Jesus said Satan did. He said, you are a, you know, you, you are a murderer and a liar and the father of it. And so here he now has, in another planet, another realm, he has a son who kicks off his first assignment by killing his brother. Now, these are not, you know, we can go on into all of these other things. So now he's got two things. He's got reproduction and mortality sewed up. They're guaranteed to die and belong to him because of how they're brought into existence by his spirit on the inside. So what you just heard, and we'll get back to the article now, but what you just heard 
is the reason for the new birth. Why? You must be born again. Because Adam essentially was born again to die. He was born to doom. And so you must be born again to reverse the birth that he had when he took on the serpent in his body and Satan as his father. Mm. Boy, that's something, isn't it? So now, but he understood that the sex act at that time, you know, today we have, you know, test tubes and whatever, probably not anywhere near as much fun, but but that the act at that time guaranteed his replenishment, his replenishment. Adam had already had a mandate to replenish the earth. So that replenishment now is all, it's automatic, it's compulsory. And then he adds to it that God's judgment of the woman, he said, but in, you know, in, in, in pain, you will, you know, conceive, you will deliver your kids. Because he said, I will greatly multiply your conception. Why? Because deformity and, and all of those other distortions and deviations will now attach itself to the womb, to the reproductive material that would bring the people, bring their babies into the world. Very, very interesting stuff. So, so here we are now, down the line. We come down the line. She says, and, and I like her, you know, her article. She says, well, you know, they, you know, it goes all the way back to the Greeks. No, it actually goes all the way back to Nimrod. Cain, actually, because Cain set out from the, when God kicked him out, he mocked him. He mocked him. As a matter of fact, he literally marked him, tattooed him in a way that made everybody know that he was not of the original genetics or generation of humanity. That he was odd because he was odd. He was odd because he was out. He was out because he's odd. And he was odd because he, he introduced murder to God's community. So it goes all the way back to him. Because remember, the serpent is trying to do something. So we look at that. If we can say it goes all the way back to him, all of those deities had fertility rights. And they all had molestation. And molestation of kids is considered the highest offering that you can give a fallen God, a false God. I want you to write that down, molestation, because you, if you notice, the more we walk away from God's laws, the more the children come under attack, because that's what he wants. You want the children, the children, because you can mold them in your way, etc. You know, that little, that little song that everybody loves to sing, Beautiful Boy, that's a gay song. I know y'all thought it was a nice little romantic song. No, my father's song. No, no. Gay song. That's a song of sodomy. And there are a lot of them that you don't know about. And so so these people, this genetic disposition comes all the way down from Cain. And then it it, it finds its pinnacle that we are following, tracking the whole thing post-flood, you know, in, in Ham. Because it, it, it's, it is a predisposition of the natural, the fallen man, the sinful man. That's why you must be born again. You know, I didn't even know she was going to tell me that. And Jesus said to me this week, he said, well, you know, there are those who make themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. I don't like women, and I don't want to fail Christ. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm taking sex off the table. Or I don't like men, and I don't want to fail Christ. So I'm going to take 
sex off the table. And so as we're going on, so we're coming down to Ham, and, 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 and so he becomes that genetic seed that literally, you know, uh, um, concentrates this, per, this perversion in the flesh. And we come all the way down, and all of these deities, all of them require idolatry, fertility, and pharmacia. You want to know where the devil is, just look for those three things. There's always going to be idolatry, but he said for profanity. There are always going to be, these are all the profanity too. The idolatry, it's always going to be worship yourself, worship money, worship a tree, worship a ring, worship a fingernail, worship anything material, anything of the earth, idolatry. There's always going to be fertility because you have to provide a supply for the future. So fertility is always going to be a part of it. Perversion, sexual perversion, and, and, and of course, that's how you trans. I told you before, devils transit best on sex. They're airborne, but they, they are deposited in your being, assimilated in your genetics through sex. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And there's always going to be sorcery, and sorcery requires pharmacia or drug addiction, substance abuse. There's always got to be this intoxication that drops your will so that you don't resist. See, this is an intelligence we haven't gotten in this generation. The early church had this intelligence because they were coming from those gods. So they understood very well what Paul's prohibitions were. They related to them in an immediate sense. They did not say, man, I don't know what you're talking about, because Christianity was struggling for its life and its survival. And so they knew all of that. Paul, they knew how to come. They, in fact, did what a lot of people do today. They came bringing their family gods, their paternal and maternal deities. They came bringing them into the congregation. That's what the Corinthians' problems were. The Corinthians had a whole problem with that. They came coming in with that and the Delphi Oracle and all of those other things. So when Paul wrote that stuff, Paul wasn't looking down the line to say, wow, the church is going to become global and, and Jesus is going to become, he will become big and he will be head man and he will be the, the, the God of gods. And nobody saw that. They weren't looking like that. They were trying to get the Jesus that had given his life for them on the cross and rose from the dead and sent his Holy Spirit back to the earth. They, they were trying to get him in there. They weren't dealing. To them, culture, cult, and all of that were one bundle. Because deities founded states and nations, and states and nations were governed spiritually by them. Most of the world then was a theocracy, whether it was Yahweh or any other deity. Theocracy was the way of world government. And we need to get clear on that. So they come all the way down. And then finally, as Christianity grew and it began to take on and repopulate itself sexlessly because all those other deities reproduced um, sexually, that's why John, first, um, John, excuse me, the Gospel of John 1, 12, and 13 says that, that who were born not of the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God. So God can reproduce. God keeps saying that. I don't need sex to reproduce me. I'm God. I started this without sex. You know, Zeus started with a wife. God started with some clay. So he, all the way, so we're coming down the line, and we're coming down the line, and we're coming down the line. 
that Christianity is finally taking over, and Jesus is the one God that says you don't need to defile yourself with all manner of creature, etc., for your pleasure, because I put my Holy Spirit in you that the joy of the Lord would be your taproot. You can have joy in God all day long. You can find peace and contentment and satisfaction because God said, I know it works because we've been doing it for eons. So it does work. And when we had an adversary, we, we then had to make a choice to compel it to be. So here we are today where this thing started out. We want to get all upset. Some of you all are hot. Isn't that terrible? It's hot. But were you hot when, they said, when you said your children had to take sex education, period? This woman is playing their win because she's actually saying it's just, it's just a different way of having sex, and you've already approved of teens having sex. You've already legalized it. You've already legitimized it. You've already normalized it. You normalized it. So now you want to tell me you have a problem because now it's poop? See, God waited for this day because he knew this is where Satan was going. He understood it. All of those people that you argued with, all of those people that you said, well, they got a right to do what they want. No, you didn't. No, that, but what you thought they wanted was a tactic. That wasn't the achievement. The achievement is this right here. The achievement is Lot and why God had to go send two angels to bring him out. See, the achievement was never what you thought it was. It wasn't free love. It wasn't free to do sex the way they want. It was the idea that even though everybody doesn't have a vagina, men have penises, and those penises would have access points from, from both genders. They, would, they could absolutely obsolete the vagina except to reproduce themselves. And half of them say they don't want to do it. I don't even get that, but that's something else. You realize that, what did she say? Everybody has a butt. Do you know she told you why they were doing it? Everybody has a butt. Now, we have a group with vaginas, and we have a group with penises, but everybody has a butt. She's telling you the goal, the ultimate goal. The molestation of your children. This is this man-boy marriage thing that they're forcing on you. You don't even see it happening. The beautiful boy. This, they're forcing this on you. And this is the God, Antonia. You have to, you have to see the strategy. Part of the reason that Paul and those apostles were good at what they did is because they got made them wiser serpents, and they saw the strategy. And because an apostle is more convicted and more, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, fused with Jesus Christ and culture than the people, the apostle is going after God's interest. And it's God's interest that prevails. It's God's interest that, God, that they're going after. They're going after God's interest. When you hear apostles going after the people and the society and all of that, that's not an apostle of Lord Jesus Christ as apostle of the people. And there are a lot of people whose churches made them apostles because they just wanted to have one because they heard of it. Make us a king like everybody else. So this whole battle, this is, a, this is going to be an interesting battle. 
Because we, you, that same woman was paid to teach children how to have heterosexual relations in the school under the public school system. And you fought for those people to stand up and down the street and hug and slap and lip and lap and color their hair and put on them makeup and all of that other stuff. You literally supported that. And you never thought that the payment, the payoff would be your kids. Because it's always, always about the kids. Always. And so now, you, now these same mothers who bought their daughters birth control pills, gave their sons condoms, are now ready to fight because of poop. Now, I want to deal with the poop thing. Do you want to deal with the poop thing? Let's talk poop. Okay, let's talk poop. I mean, you know, if you can write it, come on, we can talk it. But you cannot change a, your baby's diaper without washing your hands. So if you've got three or four people in a room having this sexual orgy, which is very highly probable, they're swapping poop. Now, you can honestly say, well, you know, we actually use condom. Not all the time. Number one, not all the time. And number two, you don't, unless you're talking about every time you have sex, you've got rubber gloves on and a condom. Hallelujah. And you still got all of this other mess. The, 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 literally, the anus was supposed to handle waste. Doesn't let you know how wasteful that sexual experience is. Despite feeling good, it's wasteful. Because you're, you're, literally, that's your waste center. And we have, I mean, you walk through hospitals, you walk into stores, you walk everywhere. Everybody's concerned about waste. You, can, you cannot just walk around and say, yeah, we just had a, a hot time in the back room, and you come out now with this here, you don't know whether people wash their hands or not. And if they're homosexuals, you don't know whether they're clean or not. So you don't know if you're handling somebody's weight. And we want to pass that on to our kids. Because we keep thinking that homosexuality, like she just said, this isn't Hollywood. She didn't read that, but it's in the article. This isn't the, it's not a clean practice. If she says that it's not a clean practice, you can best, best believe it's a stinking one, which is why God calls it an abomination. But what, is, what she is telling you is she's prophesying the future. Nobody's going to be safe from anal sex. It's going to take, you're going to see it, and people are going to want it. Just like you, and she knows because she has a track record. You bought into the dating. You bought into the mating. You bought into the sex clubs. She knows. And if you are not going to deal with it, you cannot get, don't even ask God to get involved. Because we were, we were trying to tell you the importance of abstinence. Because this here, this here is the sex ed kitten at the door crying for milk. This is that kitten at the door crying for milk. And you think it's wonderful. Some of you all, you're so excited. Some of you women, you want to be married so bad, you, want, you have been having anal sex for years, wondering why nothing is working. Talking about, I don't know why I have cervical this and cervical that, and I don't know why I keep having the PID and all of that stuff, because you do it. I remember us, remember our um, Let's Just Talk show where someone said, well, if, what if you are a wife and your husband wants to have anal sex with you? I said, well, God's problem is anal sex, not marriage. So if it doesn't, if he's cursing it for a man, he's cursing it for a woman too. 
Because the act itself is cursed. I have a book of Old Testament terms and land, uh, names and uh, um, put out, um, it's called Bible Names, a little pamphlet book, and I bought it years ago. And it, and it defines the word, so- the name Sodom as being the place of clod breakers. Wow. Like breaking up feces, clod breakers. So you see, God has been dealing with this. Now, a lot of people won't tell you this. Even though a lot of these homosexual pastors won't tell you that, but can you imagine they're laying hands on you? Ah, I'm sorry. Yeah. They're laying hands on you. They're hugging and kissing on your little baby. Woo. That's not homophobic. That's hygienic, homo-hygienic. We go in the grocery stores now, and they have the wash your hands. So they know people have done a whole lot on the way to get to them. You don't have a clue. You have no idea, and yet you're celebrating them all day long, hugging your kids, petting your baby, rubbing you with oil, and you know your, your, your pastor's gay. What do you think gay means? Gay is not going to a different church bar or club. Gay is what this woman just described. Right. And I don't, I, you know, I don't, I know for some of them are the most wonderful people you ever want to meet. I know. I've met some of them. I mean, come on. But that has, has nothing to do with the hygienic. We have, your government has a duty to pr- protect the hygienics of your citizenship. They're supposed to do that. And now we're talking about kids who don't want to take showers, kids who don't want to change, kids who don't want to do anything. How many times, we had a, whole, a whole article we was reading on the, the things they do with condoms that are passed out, balloons, missiles, balls, blood, whatever. And you're now talking about your, these children that you already told them were, were able to make their own sexual decisions can now make their sexual choices. You did that when you gave that bowl of milk to that kitten at the door. Well, and this also shows these boys and men how to raise anybody any way they want to. Mm-hmm. It does. And always. Mm-hmm. Totally mutilated. Because this is a, this is a heinous thing. And promiscuous sex will always create a criminal environment. It has to, because it's separating the love anchor from the sexual act. Because love anchors and tempers sex. And when you really love somebody, you don't want to be with anyone else. So because promiscuity literally eliminates, it separates that anchor called love from the sex act, that anchor that tempers love so that it's not abusive, it's not hostile, it's not self-serving, and all of those other things. Come on, somebody. You all along with me out there? Mm-hmm. Are they yeah, Because we have a big job to do. We have to figure out how to make this happen. And we can't keep looking at it like, well, what are you going to do? That's the devil. God has defeated Satan so many times, even Satan don't want to tell us. He'd lose his credibility if he told us how many times his maker has defeated him. We have got to find out how he's defeated him before to know how he's going to defeat him again. But it begins with you acknowledging we did this. Your children should have never had sex ed in school, and then you wouldn't have told the priest of these fertility deities that you're ready to go to the next level. This is next level sex ed in her mind. Uh, obviously, feminist, mm-hmm. pretty young. I was surprised. And is written, I just looked her up, you know, on all of these 
and she's trying to come to terms with it. And she can't come to terms with it. Because let me tell you something, you lose anybody part, the, the, the memory remembers having it, and it will call for it until you have, it has literally erased itself from the mind. That's fact. We also need our physicians to stop being cowardly. I cannot understand that you have a degree that's going to cost you anywhere from 100000 to $500,000 to have, and you're going to let an activist who just has a big voice and a megaphone to literally discredit your degree. I can't get that. You're a scientist. You're a health professional. And you're letting the health professionals of doom tell you that your healing mantle is invalid because of an activist's belief. That's kind of crazy. How are, you, how are you allowing yourself to be cowardly by that? Well, you don't understand. They'll just pull their this. Not if all of you all get together. If, if their power is strength in numbers, then you need to increase your numbers. You need to establish your own ent- entities and institutions and organizations and start helping people, helping these parents, because these, these things are going to pass on. And, it's got, and in the future, you know, when they start talking about health care, Ashley, and you know me, my hot button, healthcare. I'm all for everybody having access to health care, but I don't think everybody ought to pay for people's reckless health habits. This is not about health care per se. Yeah, we always want to show the 80-year-old woman that's dying, that doesn't have any health care. We want to show, but we don't want to show about the person who's been in the club with having sex with 45 people in a night and has done it five nights in a row, and we got to pay for that decision. Why do we have to pay? Why do we have to pay for all of these reckless health habits and health practices simply because we, the devil wants to make us feel guilty because, well, it's not their fault. They said, yes, it is. Stay home. It's your fault. Stay home. Go to a club that's not going to let you drop your draw. It is your fault. And we need to, well, I don't, we can't cast judgment. We don't need to, I, I can't sentence you, but I can certainly have a decision about what you said, not just an opinion, but a decision about whether I want to accept it or reject it. Because judgment also means decision. It means decision. It means accusation. It means a lot of things. And I do have a decision that I don't want that in my life. And I don't want to have to pay for a lifestyle that the government mandated that I don't practice or believe in. Yes, yeah, so I do have a problem with that. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Um, someone said, what should they tell their kids? Their kids don't read those or, you know, have access to these types of things. But, you know, now in school, kids have cell phones. I mean, I know someone who's eight-year-old son's friend was suspended from school because he had porn on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so how should these parents equip their children to deal with this among their friends, the school bus, wherever? Well, I, the first thing I would say is find out what your child already knows. And then explore that knowledge to determine what they believe and what they feel about it. I've always been a proponent, even in developing and and, and raising my own children, of giving giving them what they want at the rate they can take it and need it. So let's talk about it. Does Johnny have a cell phone? Does Sally share her pictures with you, you know? And begin to find out what are their social habits and their social media habits, approved or disapproved, and create it, have a talk in an environment where there will be no punishment, no punishment, 
not ever. When when this is done, we're gonna wait and going to be done. But I want to find out. Dad wants to know what you do. Mom wants to know. Grandma, aunt, uncle, whoever you might be, and then ask them. Let's talk about your fun life and find out what your child does. And also, even with your kids, even teens, and you know, teens are most close because most of school teaches them that they shouldn't. It's really interesting how this is a psychological, you know, to its source. We need you to talk to your kids, but in, in books and tapes, don't be, you know, make sure that you hide this from mom and dad because they don't understand it. This is making you smarter than mom. This is making you cooler than dad. So you have to whack away at those walls. Those are real walls. And so this is making you small, you know, cooler and whatever. And so what you have to do then is begin to bring them up to your level or come down to let theirs for communication purposes and for trust. Build a trust. And you might have to share a little secret, a couple of little secrets, and then they'll start opening up. Once they do, then talk about how their school handles sexual education, what type of sex ed instructions have they had. Um, you want to do that then because you want to find out before you just throw this on them, let's find out where they are and how deep they are in it. And then you might want to also have them take you to sites and you take them to sites because trust me, they know. So if you become not just a parent, but if you become a partner in their exploration, and then bring in the, 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 the detriment, you're the one that's going to bring in the hard data because they don't know it. The hard data is hidden from the people who are, who are you know, first-line public. So you're the one that's going to have to bring in the hard data, what the CDC says, what this article says, and get their opinion of it and get their feelings and then talk about it. Well, you know, I don't think there's anything's wrong with it, but let's talk about what, what you think right and wrong is because your children's right and wrong moral compass is coming from the school. It's coming from television. It's coming from video games. It's coming from the world. Your moral compass may be too silent for them to know they have a choice. So you might need to voice yours uncritically. Okay? You, because to me, when your child is a teen, you're dealing with, a, you know, two-thirds of an adult. You're going to have to really treat them like that because they can, if, whether they should make adult decisions or not, it's not the point. They will make them. And you need to be their confidant. And that's one thing they, that, that parents have got to do. And being your confidant doesn't mean that you be an agreer. You can let them know, I'm going to be your confidant, and every now and then I'm going to play, I'm, I'm going to play this opposing side. And sometimes you're going to play the opposing side. But that's just how it has to be. Does that help you out there who asked me that question? I think it was a great yeah. question. It helps a lot of people because that, that question was popping up in. In a variety of ways, and it's true. I mean, when I had my uh, job in retail, one day I was checking out a mother and daughter, and, and the teenage daughter just thought it was ridiculous that her mother didn't want to wear G-string underwear. And mom was just so old-fashioned and rolling her eyes and doing all this. I said, did it ever cross your mind that some people don't want that? Mm-hmm. No, never crossed her mind because she's a teenager, and that's cool, and that's sexy, and that's whatever, and and mom doesn't understand exactly what you were saying. These older people don't get it. Mm-hmm. They just don't want you to have fun. They just don't want you to be pretty and never thinking. People have other, other reasons for opting out of something. Because it's kind of like actually when you go out with a bunch of people who decide they want to drink. Yeah. And you say, well, I want a you know, 
Pepsi or, you know, my favorite, you know, the Pellegrino water. I want that. Oh, so you don't drink? No, I don't want that. You can't say you don't want to drink. Now, nobody asks you why you don't want broccoli. No, because everybody understands why you don't want broccoli. Okay? Nobody asks you why you don't want vegetables, why you don't want a salad. Nobody asks no. you that. No. But they, the minute you say you don't want to drink and they know you're a Christian, you have got to defend that. And so, you know, my attitude, because, you know, I'm a little bit obnoxious, just a little bit, but just a little bit, because, you know, I'm really kind. But um, but when I asked, I said, you know, I just look at, tell me, we are not about to have that ridiculous comment. Tell me that. Because they have to think, because you're, they're running on autopilot. Yeah. This is culture autopilot, and most of society is on cultural autopilot. They have given up, they've surrendered their will, they've surrendered their thoughts, they've surrendered their opinions, they've surrendered their likes, their dislikes, and they've surrendered their preferences to this thing called being accepted by the masses. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're stuck. So in their mind, this is a, a individual or independent person's response. I don't want to drink. Wow. Let's pull in this mass herd mentality and let's begin to club you and browbeat you so that you feel bad about being independent of the mass. Right. Is that the craziest thing? That's what, and so this, in school, your kids are raised like that. And I have found that a lot of people will pressure you because they don't want to do it and did not have the guts to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In moments of truth when no one else is around or whatever, many people have said to me, you know what, I, you need to hold your ground. And I really wish I would have never started. I really wish I had the, the backbone mm-hmm. to have said no years and years and years ago. That's true. And, and, and you will definitely get the most pressure from those who caved. Mm-hmm. And so they caved and they want to they want to make sure that their surrender and their submission does not bring them into a disfavor with you. Put them in an unfavorable light with you because they need you to join the masses. And so, you know, the most powerful thing that you can be in this particular environment is an independent thinker who processes your decisions the way they work for you. Instead of being, you know, pe- people treat you like you're an automatic sign-up. It's kind of like you go on the Internet, boom, you got to be an automatic sign-up. I don't want to sign up on your stuff. Not today. This is, I just want to visit this one. This is not a career thing for me. I'm just, I'm just hunting for something. And so they treat you like you're an automatic sign-up. Hallelujah. There's some other things you'd like to share. Listen, teachers are denied promotions on jobs on this part because they weren't drinking at social Mm-hmm. Mass manipulation. And uh, because that's what it is. And, and it's the cultural manipulation of the masses. So we're the mass, we, this PC group is, the, and everybody said politically correct, and I just think perverted culture. And so this perverted culture, because this is, a, you know, we're saying political, they want to pervert. So you want to sit there and tell people they can't have an, a, a promotion because the host of the commotion, promotion is an alcoholic. That's what that's all about. I think everybody should drink. I don't even know why people are drinking. What if they're allergic? What if they're sick? Medication? Me- all sorts of things. That but, 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 but see, politically correct, perverted culture are bullies. 
and they're always bullying you because they know if, if, you, if you didn't have coercion, you would not choose their way. They know they're perverted. They know they're destructive. They know that. And so they have to bully you to make you do what they want because they know that they are fundamentally unsavory. Anything else out there? This is really very interesting today. Uh, just people talking about different instances. Someone said they were on vacation, and their uncle was like, why don't you drink? You need to loosen up. Because so, you as a drunk not loose enough. Right. Okay, because that's what I said. You got enough looseness for all of us. You know, bad judgment. We have impaired judgment. We have auto accidents. We have all kinds of things because this, this spirit called pharmacia, because that's drug abuse, alcoholic, alcohol comes under pharmacia, and sorcery is always about intoxication. So this spirit of intoxication decides that it's going to push you into what it wants, and so it's going to use the last one who caved to come down on you. This is another question. How do you show uh, kids how to deal with, with the love of Christ with other classmates who have two dads or two moms? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, life is full of choices. I think the number one thing that I would do is I don't think it's my kid's job to evangelize the classmates concerning decisions that were made by adults. I just don't think so. I think that's a lot of weight to put on a kid. I think it's a lot of burden. Number one, if you want your children to go to that kind of school environment, you need to let your children know that it takes all kinds to fill a kingdom, to fill a city, and people make decisions. But this is why you want this decision for your life. Because let me tell you something, if God, what Paul says the best of all, you're going to love this. Paul says the best of all in Romans 7. He said, you know, and if the law didn't say thou shalt not covet, I wouldn't have known that there was a problem with coveting. But the minute the law said thou shalt not covet, all of the covetous, uh, what do you call it, traits and, and, and attitudes and dynamics in me came alive. And all I could do was covet. And then I had to deal with the fact that I was always covetous, but I didn't know that it was there because I was controlling it under social norms and social acceptance. So your child needs to be taught, this is life for now. Perhaps you'll grow up to be part of what turns it over, but you don't have to agree with that and you don't have to fight with your friends. You, if you have to teach your child how to pick and choose conversations to maintain relationships, teach them that. This is the, the, nobody's letting your child grow up any longer. So you might as well be ahead of the, the rapid grower because nobody's giving your child room to grow. You have, nobody's letting your child have, enjoy a childhood. So if that's what they feel, if, you know, that if you have them in a public school system or in an environment, because if they're in a Christian school like that, you probably really need to know you're not in a good place. Thank God, not Jesus. I'm going to tell you that right now. But, but if they're in public school, you should not go in there and make your child feel like it's their duty to attack their classmates for a decision that the classmates had nothing to do with. That was a great question, a really great question. So are you ready? Yes. My feedback? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, you know, again. You're like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. Sign of the times, where we are, and the importance of being scripturally organic and culturally, culturally unmodified. unmodified. I think that's my statement. 
dealing with and getting our hands dirty and getting ahead of the reality of where we are mm-hmm. in our society. We can feel the way we want to feel about it and hate it every minute of the day, but if we are not preparing our young people, our teenagers, and us as adults mm-hmm. to deal with this, then we're just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. I don't think, I mean, the statement you made about the two of all these gay ministers laying hands on you, doing up, you have no idea when mm-hmm. they can sit in the back office, mm-hmm. in the car, at home, on the way in. I mean, and how just this is spreading and spreading and spreading. And I love your analogy of the little kitten. The little kitten over here. And when you go back and into the, at least as far as this last, you know, 30 years into the 80s and and see the things that were being pushed and Mm -hmm. brought in and the initial pushback, but then they pushed back harder. And then we were kind of done. Mm-hmm. You know, MTV was on in the beginning, and then they took it off. Mm-hmm. And then there was the whole I want my MTV campaign. Yep, that's true. And it was back. And because parents back down off for their kids. See, weak parents need their children's approval more than they need their nurturing. So weak parents will always back down. Remember, we've got a slew of parents who have their children going to church thinking that they're in good stead with God because the church has a good, fun children's church. Right. So the parent is not getting fed. fed. Well, you know, I'm not, I mean, it's not for me. I'm not getting fed. But the kids like it. Excuse me, because you don't feel that way about work. You, you go to work every day because you have to make a living, and you don't care that the kids cry about your job. No. But weak parents will always cave to their children because they need their children's approval more than they need their nurture. Well, I didn't have that mother. No, you didn't. My kids didn't have that either. You asked ask she prophet Tyler. She no, not my mm-mm. mm-mm. The one thing I was committed to doing is raising my children to think for themselves. If they made a bad decision, fine. You made a bad decision, we learned, all right. But this crazy? No. My mom was a, a stickler for don't bring home to me what other people are doing. That's not my house. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I mean, it was, and it was like, oh, okay. I mean, children really do, especially if you teach them young, accept that what you say is acceptable and normal in your household is the way it is. They don't know anybody. It's just the way it is. We were not going to different churches. We were not going to our friends you grew to, you know, went somewhere else. We were not doing mm-hmm. that. Um, if I did it twice in my lifetime, that was, um, that's a big number. <laughs> because as far as my mom was concerned, her attitude was, you're not going to their school if it's a different school district. You can't go to their school. Uh-huh. If it's a different school district, you're not going to go to their doctor because he lives up the street. This is where we go, and this is what we do. Exactly. And establishing your house as normal, your norm. This is what we do. I was the whole idea, you're not going to church. Are you kidding me? You're going to go to my church because you're going to school in my house, the school district. You know how I played that? I'm with that card. I was like, are you kidding me? There are way too many things that I can't do and you can't choose that we live with every day. And Jesus Christ is not going to be the scapegoat. No. Not happening. Mm-mm, not doing it. And you got all of these kids talking about, I don't understand why people don't want to know, why Christians don't know the Bible because Christians weren't taught the Bible in church. Right. And they were barely taught Christ. 
So your kids don't know the Bible, and yet they're in trouble. They're getting bullied. They're getting raped. They're getting manipulated, and they can't get a prayer through. And you know why? Because they were in children's church where they played and they didn't pray. That was your choice. Well, God, I don't know why you didn't step in for my kids. God's like, I don't know why you didn't bring your kids to me. And I don't know why you didn't keep your kids with me. Oh, no. Oh, oh, my. Ooh, no, 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 no. We didn't do. I mean, my that, that would do. My mom would do youth lock in, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You can't. With church. Because she knew everybody on staff. Everybody. I couldn't go on a school trip unless my mom knew everybody. Everybody. Everybody knew my mother. They would tell me, I saw your mom today in high school. You did? <laughs> <laughs> she was up here, uh huh, making her rounds and yes, making her mm-hmm. presence known. For no other reason than to just let everybody know I'm Ashley's mother, mm. and and uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, like sleepovers, no, no. all that kind of stuff. Even with relatives, and sometimes more so with relatives. Yes, we had to. We were older, older before she loosened the reins on that kind of activity. My I'm children like, tell you. Yeah, like anyway, and then you can sleep over wherever. <laughs> Anyhow, I told my kids. I buy you. I bought you a bedroom. You gonna sleep in it. And I let my daughter sleep over one time someplace. And I want you to know. I'll never forget this. The Holy Spirit cut up all night long. He, I mean, you know, for those of you who have God in your house like that, because not everybody has him, but there are some that God feels free to be him. He said, "I feel free to be me." So he's gonna be himself. He cut up all night long. He fussed. He complained, and why did that up? And you're the mother, and be the mother, and on and on and on. And I'm like, what? So we don't do it. And she asked the second time. I said, I can't let you go. God said, no. Come to find out the older brother was molesting her friend whom she was sleeping over with. See, the Holy Ghost cuts up when he knows you'll do it. Otherwise, he'll go silent. God's like, I'm not going to do your job for you. You have to. You all want God to do the parenting for you. Lord, tell my kid, no, God, be a parent. Lord, tell my son, no, be a parent. Well, Lord, if they're young, I gave them to you, and I entrusted them to you. You see, you never hear God's side of those things. Well, I just told them, well, I'm just going to leave you in God's hands. God said, but I'm going to leave them where you leave. Because I want you to be a parent. Cowardly parenting bothers God. He absolutely detests it because he knows that that means the hedge for that child's life is gone, is non-existent. Make a hedge for your children's life. Parenting is a hedge. It's a hedge of protection. Parenting is a hedge. It is your way of guarding your children when they're out of your presence. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Well, we had a great time today. You took, we let you take her time and all everybody's time. I pray that this was not just interesting but enlightening to you. I ask God to continue to use this broadcast even in the future. May I suggest you share it with all your friends, your teachers, your colleagues, etc. We are very interested in doing this. I do this because God's business is people, and God's commodity is a wholesome life. God's whole product is life. People don't know that. But God's major project, if you say, what is God's flagship product? It's life. What is God's major business? people. And we forget that when we get caught up in all of these other things. God is about people having good life. Beloved, I wish above all things 
that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So Periscope, I'm going to leave you. Yes, we cut into call time, but I think it was necessary for us to cover this subject today. I wanted to take a couple of your questions and to hear some of your feedback because this broadcast becomes, all of those become a package that people go back and they receive again and again and again. So once more, thank you. Have a great lunch. And we're shifting over to Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Don't forget, hit one when you get there. Hi, guys. You have been listening to the one and only Paula Price show today. And we want to thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to visit us online at drpaulaaprice.com and click join our mailing list so that we can make sure that we can get you all the information about when the Paula Price show is going to go live and all of the details about the program. You can also catch the Paula Price show online at blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. If you click RSS feed on the website, you'll instantly get notifications every time the show's about to go live. So we really encourage you to do that. Join us online. If you're not following Dr. Price on Facebook, do that. Follow her there, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. Again, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. Click like on her page to get instant access to all of her Facebook Live videos, as well as her special posts and articles. We don't don't want to forget to mention that Dr. Price is going to be in Chicago land August 4th through the 6th. She will be with Apostle Nona Parker and Antioch Christian Assembly in Joliet, Illinois, which is just outside of the Chicago area. Visit us online, drpaulaaprice.com, for more details on how you can be involved in Prophetic Ed or just stay tuned to Facebook. You'll see all the announcements about Prophetic Ed in Chicago land, Joliet, Illinois, with Apostle Nona Parker and Antioch Christian Assembly, so you don't want to miss that. Visit drpaulaprice.com for all of the upcoming announcements and save the date. Join us in November, November 15th through the 18th, 2017. We're going to be here in Tulsa for the New Era Apostleship Summit. So don't forget, save the date and visit us. Stay tuned to drpaulaaprice.com for all the details on how you can come to the New Era Apostleship Summit right here in Tulsa, November 15th through the 18th. So don't forget, save the date. Again, you've been listening to the Paula Price Show. Press number one if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price in the second hour so we'll be able to get to your calls. All right, guys, I'll catch you with next week's announcements. I'm going to turn it back to Prophet Ashley. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are a fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures, they're your pillars, your founders, your ground, they're your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But the, what distinguishes what this teaching does 
is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word. You're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up, or fortify it if it's already in existence, and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when he made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our standardized ministry assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. 
www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. All right, and we are back for part two of the Paula Price Show. It was a lively, riveting part one, Dr. Price. And now we're going to jump back into the lives of your listeners. Oh, I cannot hear you. We've had a good first half, and now we're ready for the second half, so let's get to our callers. All right, first up, Dr. Price, is Vanessa from New York. And she's actually uh, checking back in with you to give you a testimony, a praise report about what you ministered to her while we were in New York for Prophetic Ed. And then she has a quick prayer request. So, Vanessa, welcome back to the Paul Price Show. Are you there? Did we lose it? Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. My uh, phone was on mute. I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That mute button to get us off. I know, right? How you doing, Dr. Price? I am wonderful, Vanessa, and very glad to hear your voice. How are things going? Well, it's a lot better <laughs> now than um, when I had, uh, you know, met you guys and you guys came into New York. So, you know, when you were there, you kind of laid the Holy Ghost smack down, <laughs> you know, on me, um, just kind of <laughs> letting me know. Um, you know, like some decisions, you know, that I made and where I was and I was a little bit off track. So a lot of things that you um, spoken to me that day, like it just never left. It was just resonating every day. It was like, I could just hear you, you know, saying, you know, those things to me. So, you know, what I did was um, I did take your advice on the business in terms of just thinking about it and just restructuring and just kind of working on that. But then I also um, went back into corporate. Um, so I was like, all right, I got to get back. Cause I, I, I don't know. It was just like, after that conversation, it was just like, all right, I gotta, you know, get, get myself back together, you know, where God wants me. So I am back, <laughs> you know, in, um, the corporate atmosphere where I do believe that he still wants me there for whatever, um, timing season to utilize the, the gifting that he put in me for, you know, some of the things that I did you know, before. It's a totally different industry. I'm now in healthcare, but I was in Wall Street before, but similar functionalities as an analyst. So I'm doing a lot of project-related work and pretty much the solution is working with both sides of business and technology to develop and, you know, these enhancements and or new processes and, you know, finding ways to reduce costs and um, come up with efficiencies and include a little bit more innovation and automation and stuff like that. So I'm back. <laughs> so how do you feel about it as far as you know I mean you know the corporate you know atmosphere I mean it's cool but I mean I did kind of like the 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 own boss thing you know being your own boss thing but I have to say that um 
you know, I am enjoying it. And, and actually, you know, even when I was running my business, certain parts of me, it wasn't, you know, really out there as much as it was, like some of the skill sets as it was when I was in corporate. So it was, it was kind of like, uh, I guess, a, a reviving, <laughs> you know, of those things. And I like to be a part of that, you know, that kind of stuff, just kind of, you know, identifying the problem and coming up with the solution and working with different people and stuff like that to get it done. Um, and then also, you know, being the project manager on the project. So um, I like it. I like it. And it also affords me time to do the business stuff too, because, you know, God still has me, you know, to do stuff um, for Unhealthy No More. So it was just kind of like a blessing. And, um, you know, I could definitely see God's favor in it, just even with the scheduling, I still have, you know, time. I'm not as exhausted like when I was on Wall Street. So it's like there's still time to do everything, you know, that needs to get done. So it's kind of like, I guess, the best of both worlds. Amen. Well, I have to tell you that you sound amazing. You sound like you found yourself. The pieces have come together, and the enthusiasm is very hard to miss. So it seems like <laughs> God has you in a good place right now. Yes. Well, I have to say to you, congratulations. Congratulations on your new job. Congratulations on your new you. (laughs) Congratulations (laughs) that you and God have reconnected. Yes, (laughs) we have. I can definitely, you know, see this shift. It's literally like night and day. And the funny thing is like literally like a week before um, I started, it was like I signed on a client for like a high package coaching program in the business so I'm like all right I see you I was like I see you father you like it's like it's like you could feel the favors back <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. kind of once you know well that's it I like how you put that the favors back did you all hear that yeah. out there you have to move <laughs> and, and alter and shift until the favor comes back there's nothing like it so tell me what do you want to pray about today um just um just kind of like me moving forward in this just new season, you know, new path, um, just really covering just like what I'm doing now It's with the job and then also with the business and just the things that God would have me to do with that and just, you know, even Makeda too, because we, we partner a lot on certain things too, so just keeping us covered, so just general prayer for that. Well, I will do that, but I will ask you this because I do have the maternal right to do so. Um, you okay. are a member of the Congregation of the Mighty Online, right? Uh, I am not, I'm, oh, and I found a church too. Like, so like everything, you know, kind of was like back to back to back to back. So I'm not a part of that, but I did start the application, um, process, um, for the school. So, um, I'm just, so I'm going to do the online version, you know, obviously, (laughs) and so, because I did try to come home, but it didn't seem like it was, I don't know if it was timing or I don't know. (laughs) Listen, the number one thing that God wants for you is to be in him, to be in your place in him, and to understand that that he needs you to treat him better so that he can Mm -hmm. give you more. Okay. You know what I mean? And you seem Mm -hmm. to have found those pieces, you know, where you and God are no longer some sort of, you know, ideal that you have. Like, you know, some people have God like a, a sticker on the wall. Okay, God, and then they run by the sticker on the way out, rub the wall, and keep on going, talking about they spent time with God. See, that that's not going to work for Jesus. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you have to remember this, my love. God is a person. 
I realize that he's an infinite person, he's a vast person, but he is a person. We are made in his image and his likeness. And if that's true, then we have got to have some sense of what's offensive, what's hurtful or neglectful, as well as what pleases and rejoices his heart. He's showing you now, this is what I want from you. Yeah. And I think you're Absolutely. pretty clear on this. Is that right? And so you have a new church. You got a job. Look at you. One thing. I know. It was, it was like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like literally. I love it. Was, it. Like all well, in a row. Like literally. So, yeah. Well, make sure that you stay connected. Now, I appreciate you have a church. You need a church. But you do realize your church is not going to give you spiritually organic. And if that's what healed you, then you need to stay connected in some way. So I'd love for you to get on, um, even if it's a monthly life advisement program. Okay. Okay. So that you can stay connected and you can get okay. that prayer. You can get those that, and your questions answered. We can okay. have you get settled in the church without trying to change it. Okay. So I think that's going to be a good thing for you. All right. Well, congratulations. I'm glad to hear the good news. God bless you. Father God, we give you praise. Lord Jesus, there is none like you. Father, you are our dad. And and it still amazes me how much you show yourself our father who art in heaven. And you show us that it is your good pleasure to give good gifts to your children and to give us the kingdom. So I bless you for that. Lord, Vanessa's testimony today is uplifting. And, Lord, it's so inspiring in other in every way. I thank you for meeting her needs. I thank you for bringing her into your newness of life. I thank you, Lord, for blessing her and covering her and continuing to grow her up and nurture her into a daughter of Christ, a daughter of the almighty God. Let her know what that's like. Let her feel your joy. And, God, I'm asking that you would instill in her, God, very unique alarms and signals to let her know when she's veering off point or when that past wants to call her back. Lord, I'm asking for you to install those signals so that this wonderful enthusiasm, however rich it is, is replaced by stability and sobriety, and that she knows from this day forward you are her God and her dad and that she is your daughter, and that there are daughter responsibilities that you have for this wonderful woman. And we bless you for doing it, Father God. We bless you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, remember, you got daughter duties to the king. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know it, right? You're like, oh, no, I got, hold on, I got daughter duties. Why are you going to church, daughter duties? Well, why are you praying, daughter duties? Well, why are you doing this? I am a daughter. I have daughter duties. You know, my That's my right. three daughters have duties to me, that, and I expect them to live up to them because they expect me to do mama stuff. So it That's works. Right. You and God got daughter duties. I love you. Stay in touch, my beloved, and keep me posted on how this goes. I will. <laughs> All right. Take care. God bless. All right. Take care. God bless. Man. <laughs> All right, Prophet Ashley. All right, I love the testimonies. And next up, we have Kavon from Virginia asking for financial prayer. Kavon, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Wonderful. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm progressing. Say it again. I said good, good, progressing, trying to progress, move forward. So tell me now, where do you go to school, or where did you go to school? 
Uh, like high school? No, well, whatever your profession is. Where did you go to school for your profession? Let's back up. Let me rephrase that. What is your profession? Right now, uh, nothing. I actually just left my job, I think, like three weeks ago. And I was working at an eye doctor's office. Okay, and what made you leave your job? Was there conflict or were you going to something else? Um, neither, actually. So the the funny thing is, um, so about a day or two before I actually ended up leaving the job, I was in prayer and I felt like the little told me that uh, he was going to end up going or he was calling away from my job within five weeks of that time. And the very next day, my mom is actually the one who drove me to work. And my, my job was only like 30 minutes from my house, but uh, she told me that she didn't want to take me to work anymore. So I ended up putting in my two weeks because, you know, the, the ride obviously wasn't going to be there anymore. And then so that was about three weeks ago. And then from there, I have not been working, actually. But um, the thing is, since then, a, a few doors have opened. A couple of doors have opened up for me to, you know, to preach. You know, and obviously that brings in some level of income, just not, you know, what you're used to working well, at a first of all, regular job. I now, how do you get to your preaching dates? Uh, by driving. But like, what do you like? You mean somebody takes me? Yeah, I mean, is that how you do? You have, you, uh, so you, you you have somebody take you to your preaching dates so that you don't miss them. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So your mother. Let me get this right, Kayvon. Your mother decided for whatever reason because you broke up a little bit, so I didn't get all of the reason. But your mother decided she's not going to take you back and forth to work any longer, and so as a result, you did not see another alternative. So you resigned your job. Do I have the story correct? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this, um, because see, I I, I kind of knew that the end was coming. Um, so why didn't you start Ubering? Because uh, it would have, in the long run, ended up costing me more money than I was making. You mean more money than the money you're not getting right now? <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Because you certainly found, if, if Uber was too expensive, you're finding somebody to take you to these preaching dates. So the first thing I want to say to you, Kavon, is that the Lord God is not going to move you as fast as a preacher as you imagine. Because you just gotta pay, you gotta pay your dues, you gotta win your stripes. You know what that's like. You're a smart man, you're a businessman, so you know that this is not going to go as fast as you think. That's number one. Number two, you are going to have to go back and visit with God to find out to, for Him to reveal to you why you really left that job. Because what you're saying is not accurate, and it's not. It, it's what you told yourself. It might even be what is obvious. But I want to go beneath that, about three layers deep under that, to find for you to come to terms with why you did it. Because in God's mind, if he gives you another job, you are not going to fight for it. Mm. Because you didn't fight for this. And so God, especially when he raises sons, you know, God is, well, he's just like that with all of his children. But he, when he raises his sons, he wants you to recognize he couldn't walk away from what was relying on him, and he wants you to get into ha into the habit of not walking away from what's relying on you. Yeah, that makes sense. So you and God are going to have to go through a, a few little meetings, 
You know, hey, God knows he's raising us up. We don't know. You know, we're kids. You know, Bible said it's not in man to know his ways. I mean, that's real. We, we It seems so right to us until we do it and have to live it out. And when we have to live that thing out, we're like, well, I didn't consider that. I never thought that. I mean, but that's maturing. That's adulthood. And so you and God are going to have to talk about that because you walked away from your job because you really didn't want that job. And you did not want to have to have a headache or making it happen because if it was a job you loved, you would have scratched all up the mountain down in the valley to find yourself a ride. You didn't want that job. And but God wants you to know that as a man, you know, you got to have the bird in the hand. Because the one in the bush is nice, but he's liable to fly away. <laughs> so you've got a couple of days of ministry and that's fine. The whole the Holy Ghost literally staged this for your life because your destiny is so rich. First of all, you have all of the implications of a teacher. You really should be a teacher. You have your 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 you have that kind of ability to articulate and to think things through, to process things. And I'm listening to you because most people, when I when I have said what I said, they would have been trying to defend it and fix it up and clean it up. You didn't. You said, yeah, well, I guess I need to think about that. So you seem to be rather thoughtful. So. The first thing I would suggest to you is that you and God come to terms with you not throwing away his gifts and his provision. Can we agree? Say that again. I said the first thing that you are going to, we are going to have to do is you're going to have to come to terms with God about throwing away his provisions. Mm-hmm. Because Here's where God is, and uh, trust me, Kayvon, this is not even a foot down. We all had this. You get in God, God gets so good. He's God's like vitamins. You're like, gee, I feel great. I've been taking these things for five years. I don't need them any longer. You throw it away, and you're like, you know, six weeks later, man, why am I dragging? Why am I tired? That's God. God does things so well, and he's so seamlessly good, we don't think he has any conditions. And one of them is responsibility. God wants you to take care of your life. He wants you to show him the kind of man that he's going to rely on in the future. And that begins with not letting someone talk you out of your job. Oh, yeah, well, you know, my friend, when he's smoking, he got $500. That's only one $500. You do realize that. <laughs> and it takes a long time to get thousands and thousands of dollars for speaking. That's a long time. What your monthly income, you need to be able to generate three times your monthly income for in, as a minister for it to pay off. That's a lot of life, a lot of people telling you you're good, a lot of people thinking it, or either you need to get a job in a ministry, which to, you, to me it sounds like that's what you really need, a job in a ministry that can pay you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pray for two things. I am going to pray for you and God to have that talk, for him to clarify it, because you do have dreams and God gets you. And then I'm going to pray for um, for you to get a job and that you will appreciate what it takes for God to give you a job. I always tell people, especially young people, in order for God to give his children a job, he's got to choose to not allow someone else to get it. So he needs you to know that if he's going to push for you this time, he's going to have to maneuver enough. Somebody is going to get bumped out because of what he does for you. Yeah. Okay? All right. Yeah. Holy Ghost. 
You're a good God. Thank you, Father God, for this young man, his bright future, and God, even his commitment to growing in you. I'm thanking you for giving him the wisdom to know that it's not going to happen overnight. Success takes the time it takes. Victory takes the time it takes. I'm asking that you would give him a heart to comprehend you, God, in a mature way, in a new way, and in a greater way. And then after that, I'm asking that you would lead him to the place that you've chosen for him and cause him to be content and satisfied, dutiful, and responsible in that position. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet, do we have time for Yeah, we got time for a couple more. Come on. All right, I got one more for you, and this is Sandra calling from Texas. She actually has a Price University question for you about uh, entrance requirements. Sandra from Texas, yes. welcome to the Paula Price Show. Oh, thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you very clearly, Sandra. How are you from Texas? Oh, I am good. I am one of your children that sits on the back row. I have been following you and your team probably for about 10 years. I've come to some of the prophetic training, but you wouldn't know me. Like I said, I sit on the back row because that's where the Lord told me to sit. And I learned and I have learned and I have learned. And my mind, the testimony, my mind has changed the way that I think. Because when I describe you to people, I describe the ministry of Dr. Paula A. Price as this. She is the mind of God, the intellect and the intelligence of God. And until you get that, you can't walk in the wisdom. So I, I, I am... I'm one of your kids that sit in the back, so it took a lot for me to make this call. I don't. Well, I'm glad I, you I'm not, your voice. <laughs> yeah, I just I love it. I was coming this year, but I didn't get back in time from Hawaii, and so I just didn't get there. So my little feelings got hurt, but I got over it. But my question that I have is this: I went online and I read what the requirements are. And I kind of sunk in my little chair, and I said, well, Father, I understand, because it, it, from what I think I grasped was that these are doctoral programs and master programs, which are due, I mean, absolutely, I know exactly, I hear you. Uh, but I don't have my undergraduate, but I know that I still need Dr. Paula A. Price and her team, so what do you have for someone like me? Because I am going through a transition. I've signed up with, um, and I'm waiting now. I have an appointment, an advisement um, to give some statistics and to tell me where I'm at. I feel such a heavy transition. I don't know what to do with it, and I don't want to walk in the wrong direction. I've turned off the TV. I've turned the people off. God has taken everything out of my life except for my husband and my daughter, um, and naturally they should be there. But I am on shutdown. I'm in between jobs. I've got job offers, but I don't know what job. I have never been in this place before. But um, maybe the Lord right now is saying, no, you don't need to go. Excuse me, go to school. So when I went online and I saw, oh, maybe he really doesn't want me to go to school because I don't have 
the requirement to sit underneath her at that level. So it's a kind of a one question with a little open end on the back of it. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. We have a whole host of certificate programs. Okay. And so I didn't when see you them. talk yeah, well, because we're talking we're talking about a full time enrollment and, and all of that. But when you talk to when you call in and you click that button, say I'm gonna call in, hit hit the um you can even do it on my website, drpaulaprice.com. You can request an advisor consultation on the best program and the best uh, beginning for you in this in this okay. track. That's okay. All. We have a whole host of them. You know, as a matter of fact, we have a whole credentialing system called Clock that we actually put you know people through. Where you know, I, I'm not called to be this high level. Or you might be, but you need some undergrad stuff. So we do have that worked out. Um, you know, in our school of ministry, so to speak. But when you call, they're going to walk you through it and say, okay, well, you can take this and you can take that. And, and Sandra, for the record, we also have a prep program that precedes that. Okay. So you don't have to feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm a duck out of water. I don't know what happened. Jesus, what is going on? But the reason the school is, is, because I'm glad you're asking me this. This is very good for me. Um, But the reason the school is designed the way it is is because ultimately people's issues with apostles and and prophets particularly, and then also scripture being authored by the mantles of apostles and prophets, um, these two reasons are why it's the way it is. If you're going to be uh, the first and second officers of the church, I think you probably need to have more than a, a cursory understanding or a simplistic education. So that's mm-hmm. part of it. But we have a whole prep journey to get you into that. Okay. Because okay. even, there's a whole, I, I know, we're, we're, you know, we're building it. It's under construction. You know, God just threw us back in a relaunch, and we were like, oh, okay, so we'll do that. <laughs> you know? But here's this. We have an entire five-fold program, and that's something that I will see to it that is reflected on there and supporting ministries. Because you can have five-fold officers, but don't you need the people to help them out? You know what I mean? Don't you need yeah. the assistant, yeah. the attendant? the elders. So that is all in the works. They probably just haven't finished it. We uh, kind of rushed it a little bit because people were asking for, to read more information about the school. But that's the number one thing. So we have to, so that you'll know what we said, that we have the whole credentialing piece. You want to be, the credentialing is clock, which is certificate, license, ordination, commissioning for the king. So that's a credentialing piece. So if you say, well, I just want to take classes to get licensed, or I want to take classes to get, uh, you know, certified in this or certified in that, or I'm looking for ordination, we have programs for that. That's the first thing I need you to know. If you are prophetic, we have an entire prophetic ed process that's not in the school but attached to the school. So we have a whole thing for prophetic ed because our program is to make profits profitable. So it's an, it's not only a ministry-based program, it's also a professional-based program so that you can 
literally profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, from your education. So we have that. And then if you're talking about general studies and any of those programs that you see online, we have a preparatory path that gets you ready. And it's, it, it's a, a path of five prerequisites that get you ready or decide, make you decide if you just want to be credentialed or if you want to go into one of our specializations. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're uh, working fast. Uh, you know, we need a powerful internet, of, you know, website builder or something because we are trying to be, you know, be 55 at. So things go a little slow for us in that context. But our come home people have been picking up a lot of the slack and they've been helping us get it done. So we'll be moving a lot faster over the next couple okay. of weeks. Still call um, and have that meeting. Call and talk to a person. Yeah. Yeah, I will, because I definitely need some insight. I am a trainer by trade and a trainer in um, a couple area in this territory, and I just feel like I really need to be tidied up um, to make sure that what I'm doing is online. In other words, when you're a teacher, you still need someone who has more knowledge than you so I've always used the ministry for that. So that is why I asked, and I didn't know about all what you just said. So I, I will, when I speak with, um, I believe it's the chief prophet, I will take five minutes and make sure she indoctrinates me in, in what um, I feel that I need at this point or what I'm grasping for. I guess I'm looking for the big sister or the, you know, someone that's in the same boat that's been down the same river that understands some of the issues and some of the things that I'm coming up against because there's no one here but me. But that's the whole purpose of it all. And don't you love technology? And if your meeting is with Chief Prophet Tala, oh, no, you're going to get the whole banana. Trust me. She's going to hang up. No, I'm telling you, when you hang up, she's going to have that application filled out. Okay, so let's fill out your application. Let's get you going. Because she is, uh, like like the co-founder, we've been doing this for, well, I've been doing it with her for like 18 years, and I've been working on it for 35. So that's why I can rattle it off, because I built this thing. And, uh, and we pulled it in. There are some subjects that you'll love. We deal with emotional intelligence. We deal with brain IQ. We deal with uh, the, uh, the anatomy of the Godhead. We deal with the, with the mm. whole... You know, we deal with, I mean, we've got the courses. I'm stunned. You know, I'm really stunned because it is not your typical Bible college thing. We are producing, you know, our, our, our slogan is learn today, lead tomorrow. We're producing thought leaders that can lead and rightly represent Christ in more than one vein or venue. That's what that's our uniqueness. So there are subjects that, you know, we don't just educate you. We're also when you know, people say I'm transformed, but when we start giving you power to control how you think and how you make decisions and decision making and then assimilation sessions where you get to assimilate this in your actual hands on ministry, that's what we do. And we are oh, very amen. good at it. Amen. So listen, if you're going to talk to her, you're going to hear that even in your conversation. And to everyone else who is listening, if you want an advisement, go to the site and say, I need somebody to talk to me about this enrollment into Price University and where I stand. Do I need credentialing? Do I need um, ordination? Do I need commissioning? Am I looking for just certification? Do I, do I want to become a, uh, you know, a prophetic ed entity? Do I want to become, you know, a, a, um, an embassy for the 
Lord, what are you trying to do? Am I a five-folder? Do I want five-fold information or do I want five-fold support? And education. We have it. So, again, we're pushing forward to get this up here as quickly as we can. But, Sandra, can I say thank you for calling and literally, you know, making this public for us. So if you're listening to me, everybody, just go and say, I want to talk to an advisor who's going to walk me through the enrollment process. You don't have to do this alone. You schedule a meeting, we will walk you through the process. We have already worked out um, housing. If you feel you need to come here, we've worked out financial aid and are still working on more financial aid. So this is ready to go. But I know because it's new, we're going to have to do a, a great deal to walk you through it. And, you know, Chief Prophet, being who she is, we just bought an amazing system to expedite this process. So, yes, good timing, good call. Thank you, woman of God. I pray God blesses you. I pray that you enroll and get this. This is amazing stuff, and I pray that God breaks you free to be able to attend and thrive. I set you in your right place now by my words, by the Spirit, and Chief will set you in your right place in the program. And, Lord, we bless you for her, literally her exuberance, her commitment and determination. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you too. It was fun. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Well, Prophet, I think we used up the last minutes that we had. I'm kind of thinking we've come to the end of another Thursday show. What are you thinking? That is correct. <laughs> so, what we're going to do is we're going to remind you don't forget. Don't forget and watch your um, watch your Facebook because I'm going to post some some uh, handouts for tonight. So watch them. They won't be up before six or seven, but you'll still have them. You will appreciate how we're going to do this tonight. All right, prophetic Ed, 8 p.m. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.